Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Mark 16, starting with verse uh, number one tonight. The Bible says, and when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome had brought sweet, had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? When they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. Everyone say it was very great. It was very great. For a little while tonight, amen, and I'll be mindful of your time, but I like to minister along this subject line. I must minister to him. I must minister to him. I need us to pull in our minds right now and pull in all of our expectations right now and direct it toward heaven, all right? Let's pray together. Father, I come to you this evening. God, I honor you, Lord. I honor your omnipresence, God, that knows no limitations or boundaries. I'm asking, oh God, this evening you would touch each and every heart, each and every mind. I pray, oh Lord, let your word become alive in this place. Let your word walk up and down the aisles, Father, in this place. I pray, oh Lord, God, help us to make, Lord, a connection with the word of God, a connection, Lord, with what heaven God may have in store, Lord Jesus, here this evening. Give me an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the body, the church this evening, God, and I'll give you the praise and the honor and the glory for it in the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray. And everybody say amen. 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 Shake somebody's hand before you're seated and stand just a little longer just because you might be sitting for a long time. Somebody don't believe me. Hallelujah. Shake a neighbor's hand. I must minister. I must minister to him. Matthew, or Mark, rather, I'm stuck in Matthew for some reason, but in Mark chapter number 16, there is a group of women that have come to the sepulcher, the tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible mentions a few of them by name, namely Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome that have bought some spices that they might come and anoint the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. But to have an appreciation for these women and to have an appreciation for what they are on the verge of doing and what their purpose and their intent is on this resurrecting morn. We got to go back just a few pages in the Bible to appreciate and understand about what is getting ready to take place concerning these women. 
And whenever the Bible makes mention of these particular three, there are different times that it mentions other women by name or it may just throw them in the generality of certain women or many other women as the scripture would record. But whenever we read of these particular women, if I may go to Luke chapter number eight and we'll get just a, grant us a little understanding concerning uh, these women. The Bible says in Luke eight and verse number one, and that it came to pass afterward that he, speaking of Jesus, uh, went throughout every city and village preaching and shewing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve, namely the disciples, were with him. And verse 2 says, And certain women, which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. The Bible goes on and tells us in that very chapter of Luke chapter number 8 and verse number 3, it also speaks of Joanna, the wife of Cusa Herod's steward, and Susanna and many others which ministered unto him of their substance. So the three ladies that are approaching the tomb in Mark chapter 16 find their place of origin just a little further back. The women that followed the Lord, the women that I might even say that ministered unto the Lord are people who at one time had affliction and infirmity and sickness that were riveting their bodies. They had been women at one time that had evil spirits that were oppressing them, some even possessing them. And these were women that as a result of an encounter with the Lord, they're no longer sick now. They're no longer possessed now. They're no longer oppressed now. And so fact just fashioned in their mind and in their spirit is that now that they, they, they owe God so much. They owe Jesus Christ so much that they make it their plan and priority in life to minister unto the master of their substance. Uh, through whatever venue that might have been, Brother Terry, I don't know all of the details how these ladies and these certain women, some which are named and some that are left unnamed, ministered to the Lord. But the Bible plainly says that they did just that. They ministered unto the Lord. The Bible tells us in Luke 8 that Jesus is going throughout towns. He's going throughout cities. He's going throughout villages. And every city he goes to and every town that he approaches, not long behind him are a group of women that were once possessed, that were once sick and once diseased, and their priority and their purpose for following is so that they might minister unto the Lord. Someone say amen. And so as he journeys, they journey. As he goes, so they go. I want you to understand today their purpose for following and going to these different cities and towns is not primarily for the purpose that they might receive something else from him or that their body might be touched afresh, or that some type of financial venue might come into their life. No, no, no. Their purpose for following him is so that they might minister to him because of what he has already. 
They're not stopping at Galilee. They're going down to Nazareth. They're not stopping at Nazareth. They're going on to Capernaum because I must minister to the Lord because nobody knows like I know what the Lord has done for me. And so it would seem that we diligently see this grouping, this, this, this gathering of women that is going from place to place. What is quite peculiar within itself because in the Jewish culture, people did not think too much of women. That is not, this is not a statement, amen, against, I'm just talking about culture. Uh, they were not just seemingly looked up to. Whenever Jews were recording their genealogies, they didn't include women in their genealogies. They just denoted the men. Amen. Uh, they said sometimes the prayer of the Jews, he would pray about three things. He said, I thank God that I'm not a slave. I thank God I'm not a Gentile. And I thank God I'm not a woman. It's just the way and the culture of that day. But Christ took certain importance in the inspiration of Scripture through those who wrote that they would record some certain names and a grouping of other names that there were certain women that ministered unto the Lord. Now, I don't know everything that they did. I don't know if their ministering unto the Lord was simply through contribution, simply through money. I don't know if they took some of the functions, if you will, amen, of what sometimes is deemed as womanhood maybe they were there and just mending and washing clothes if you will for the savior and the disciples maybe they were there that whenever they came from a time a ministry that there was going to be hot food on the table so to speak a little fish over the coals but whatever way they seen fit they were going to minister maybe they were running errands for him and, and doing his bidding and his calling but their purpose was this we're going to minister to the Lord how we're going to minister to him by being present and near to him we're going to be ministering to him by being supportive of him we're going to minister to him with all of our substance whatever happens where he goes that's where you'll find us because we must minister to the Lord now this group of ladies they were not just all high class they weren't all just low class these grouping of ladies, they weren't all just widows and they weren't all just married women, nor were they all just single. But we find quite a variety of women that's in this grouping. There were some that were single. There were some that were mothers and wives. There were some that were widows among them. The Bible speaks of the woman, amen, Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Herod Stewart. That is a lady of high class. She was the wife of Herod Stewart, the Herod that wished to kill Jesus. She's the wife of that Stewart. But somewhere along the history, she had an intersection with the master that touched and influenced her life to the place she says, I'm going to leave the palace of Herod, amen, where my, where my husband is a steward, and I'm going to follow the Lord because I must minister unto him. Hallelujah. Someone say amen. 
Amen. So there's a variety of people. There's high class. There's low class. There's single married. There's all these different type of women that's in this. And they have been with the Lord ever since they started following him. Ever since he had done something miraculous in their lives. If the Lord went to the mountain, you would find them upon the mountain. If he went down to the valley, you would find this grouping of women down in the valley. If it was by a bubbling brook where he's baptizing, you're going to find these women there because they had an attitude. They had a purpose. They had an intent. I must, I must, I must, I must minister to the Lord. Amen. The Bible describes them as though they are from Galilee. Yet they have followed Jesus throughout each town he has visited. They have followed Jesus to every village that he blessed with his presence. And they ministered to Jesus. Amen. It wasn't so much if I minister to him, what is in it for me? It wasn't if I do this, what kind of handout am I going to get in exchange? But they understood that simply, simply being there, simply ministering to him, simply doing this, it doesn't matter where he goes, mountain or valley or bubbling brook, what city it is, just as long as we're in conjunction with his presence. Just as long as we're in conjunction with wherever he is at. Can someone say amen? So they're not driven by what the Lord could do for them. They're driven by what the Lord has already done for them. If you'll turn with me to Mark chapter 15 and verse number 40. The Bible again is speaking concerning some of these women by name. That as he takes his final trip to Jerusalem. These women, some name by name, others, we will never know their names. Follow the Lord. And there were also women looking on afar. This is at the cross, at Calvary. There's some women looking on afar off, among whom was Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and the less of Joseph. And Salome, and the Bible says, who also, when he was in Galilee, followed him. We're not talking about different women here. We're talking about some of the same women. And look what they're doing when they were there and all along the journey, even up till now, they ministered unto him and many other women which came up with him unto Jerusalem. Not only that, we skip down a few verses to Mark 15 and verse 46. And the Bible says, speaking of Joseph of Arimathea, after Christ had died on the cross, that he bought fine linen and took him down and wrapped him in the linen and laid him in a sepulcher, which was hewn out of rock and rolled a stone into the door of the sepulcher. And look now, and Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, beheld where? he was laid 
the Bible speaks in other harmony of the gospels and names some of them by name that the women beheld where the Lord was laid and I just 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 deal with me here for a moment of Luke chapter number 23 is another recording of Luke 23 and verse number 55 I believe the scripture states these particular words concerning that and the women also which came with him from Galilee followed after and beheld the sepulcher and how his body was laid and they returned and prepared spices and ointments and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. What are you saying, Brother McGee? These women whose lives have been tremendously dealt with, touched, ministered to by the Lord, says, I'll go to every city you go to. I'll go to every mountain valley you go to because I must minister to you. I'll follow you to your cross. They said, I'll follow you to your cross. Why? I got to minister to you there. I'll follow you to your tomb. Because I must minister to you there. Oh, someone say amen. But in our scripture reading tonight, they did not only follow him to the cross, nor did they just follow him to his burial, the tomb, but they followed him to his resurrection. And the Bible says that here's some of these same women, Mary Magdalene. Here's Mary, the mother of James. Here's some of these same women. Now understand, listen to me very clearly. I'll preach the last five minutes. They bought spices. They know he's died on the cross. They know he's been entombed. But they have invested. They have used their means of substance again. And they bought spices. Because they've determined to go and anoint the body. Of Jesus. Now in Mark 15, the Bible says that these certain women seen that a stone had been rolled to the door of the tomb. There's an obstacle in the way. There's a hindrance that's between them and this man that they've been following all along the journey. But they're so driven by their desire, so driven by their attitude that I must minister to him. They're not even taking in consideration the big stone right now. They know the stone's there, Brother Fred, but they're still going out spending money and getting spices. Why? Because I got to minister to him. There's an obstacle that lies between me and him, but almost not even taking into consideration right now. I got to anoint him. I got to minister to him. You know what we need in the apostolic church of this generation? We need the type of tenacity as those women had that says, hey, I got to minister to the Lord, not just when it's on the mountain, but when it's in the valley. I got to minister to the Lord. Even whenever I last check, there's some hindrances, there's some obstacles, there's some things standing in my way. I still got to buy the spices. I still need to grab the ointment because some way, somehow, there's a drive. There's a tenacity in my spirit. I got to minister unto the because one of those old girls could have looked at the other one 
and said, honey, I don't know if you recognize that or not, but they wrote a stone in front of him. There's a bunch of men that got that in there. They put a Roman seal upon that. I don't know if you took that in consideration, but they wrote a stone in front of him. And those of weak heart would have probably said, I'm not wasting my money on spices. Because what we're into is this. Is the effort I put forth justifiable for what I'll get back? There's an obstacle there. There's a hindrance there. There's something that's going to make it not as easy to minister to him now as it was prior to this day. Let me tell you, it's not always easy to come to church. It's not always easy to raise your hands. It's not always easy to clap. It's not always easy to stand up and sing the songs of Zion. But somebody with a determined spirit can say, hey, everything's not went my way this week. I have some health setbacks. But you know what? I got to. I got to. I got to minister to the Lord. Buy the spices. Buy the spices. Get the ointment. I'm going to make some way of being able to get in. And minister. Is it worth the effort? You better bet your bottom dollar it's worth the effort. I got to do this. I must. Mary, how much you think we should get? We shouldn't get any less than what we've gotten before. Everybody say amen. amen. You may be seated. Even in Luke, the occurrence is this. They knew what took place at the tomb, but they went on and started making preparations. The very night the obstacle came in place, they went on and started making preparations for the next time they'd enter what they thought his presence would be. Some of you go wake up tomorrow morning and there's going to be a new stone in your life. Don't let that keep you from making preparations for Wednesday. Because whenever you get sold into this idea that you must minister, it doesn't matter what the surroundings appear as. You're going to find some way to make it into where he is. Honey, let's let's buy the spices and we're going to we're going to anoint him. And, and so early on that that resurrection morn, they're coming to where they had been before. They're coming back to the tomb. They followed him to the cross. They followed him to his burial. And little did they know they were following him to his resurrection. But they're coming back to the tomb because they're going to. 
And they can't let this go by. We got to minister to him some more. You've already done this in all these other cities at Galilee before you ever came to Jerusalem. That's all right. I still got to minister to him. Hey, you already ministered to him at Jerusalem. Why are you going to the cross? Honey, this ain't finished yet. I got to minister to him. What are you saying? You don't, you wasn't in, you didn't have my infirmity that I had and he touched me. You wasn't possessed with the devils that I was possessed with and he touched me. Why are you doing all this? Because of what he's done. I've not forgotten what he's done. So I got a minute. There was not a new occurrence that provoked what they were doing at this moment. It was still what he had done in the formative spot of their life that was provoking them. I got a minister. Was it a new thing? It was an old thing that stayed fresh in their mind. got to well, honey they're on their travel how long however long it may have been they're on their journey they got the purchase spices in their hands that cost them some money they got some investment in that they got their their ointment they got their oil and all of a sudden the subject matter comes up of the day a few days ago Girls, I really didn't want to mention this when we was at the store. But have any of y'all considered the stone that they rode in front of the door? Well, what do you think about that? We got all the preparation. We got all the materials for ministering. But girls, there's something that stands in the way. And the Bible says in particular that they said among themselves, which means they had a conversation literally in the literal translation is saying that they had a conversation and continue to have a conversation about the stone, about the hindrance, the obstacle. And they was wondering who's going to roll the obstacle out of the way. So we can do what the desire of our heart wants to do. And that's minister. Girls, I know we have great intentions. And I know our desire is great. And I know we've been doing this for years. But who's going to roll away the hindrance? So we can do what our heart is yearning and longing to do. Minister. And the Bible says, and when they looked there at the tomb, the sepulcher, they saw that the stone was rolled away. And for it was very, we're not talking about a small, we're not talking about a hangnail on your left pinky. Now there's some that will trip over ministering to the Lord over such things as that. I'm talking about a very great stone. But these girls were there with purpose and desire. They were a little bit anxious about the stone because they really wanted to do this on the Lord. But when they got there, the stone was rolled away. 
and the soldiers didn't roll the stone away. The disciples didn't roll the stone away. No other human being rolled the stone away. You know who rolled the stone away? The one that they wanted to be in the presence of. I come to declare to this congregation tonight, when you get the determined spirit that you want to minister to the Lord, the things that seem like stand between you and your God, you and your God, the hindrances, the obstacles, when you have the desire, hey, I know it's there, but I'm still going to make preparations. When you get there, he will have rolled his own stone away because you have such a determination and desire to to minister unto him. I just don't know about this. I just don't know about this. Go on, make the preparations. Go on, follow your heart's desire. You get there, he'll take care of the hindrance. He'll take care of the obstacle. He'll take care of what's standing in the way because your desire meets his desire. Just as much as you want to minister to him, he, honey, wants to minister to you. He wants to sup with you. He wants to feast with you. He wants to interact with you, but he just needs somebody to arise with that same type of diligence that says I want to minister unto the Lord they just like being where he's at notice now though they enter into an open door tomb and there's no Jesus you read the harmony of the gospels we read of angels telling them not to be afraid told him that he's risen and it seemed like those old girls didn't have a problem of even being where he had been someone say glory seems like these girls don't have much of a problem just even being where he has been it doesn't seem like they were too disappointed to be where Jesus had been but Evidently, the Bible speaks of Mary Magdalene in the harmony of the Gospels that she lingers at that resurrection morn tomb because she's still driven by her attitude. I got to minister to him. He's not here. I thought the stone was going to be a problem, but I've just showed up where he has been, but I still got a desire. I got to minister unto him. And so she's asking people where you've laid him. Why? Because you tell me where he is and that's where I'll be because I got to minister to him. Tell me where you've laid him. I got to minister to him. And just like the master often does, as she lingered where the, where, where the Lord once had been, the master comes back by and visits a place he's already visited before. And while he visits a place he has already visited before, there's Mary still because she has a determination to minister to the Lord. And her opportunity comes because she didn't let her desire die. Brother Brother McGee, I got a lot of obstacles. That's great, I do too. I got some stones. You're not alone. We all got stones standing in the door as an obstacle and a hindrance between us and him. But the stone should not be telling you when and when not to prepare. You need to go on and prepare. You need to go on and grab the oil. 
Sometimes we remember the stone and we say, well, I'll just stay home tonight. The stone arises in our life however great of a magnitude it is to you. You say, well, you know what? That's a hindrance, that's an obstacle. We're not going to be able to enter his presence tonight because the stone's there. So we might as well not get dressed up. We might as well not go to church. We might as well not involve because the stone's there. You know what I try to do around my family when the stone and I look over my shoulder and it's still there? We comb our kids' hair. We put the clothes on them. I get my suit back on. I get my tie back on. I shine my shoes for a little jumping. I get my prayer voice on and my praise voice on. And we still go to the tomb. And by the time I get there with my spices and with my anointing oil, lo and behold, somewhere in the process of time, the stone gets rolled up. And I'm able to minister unto him. Someone say yes. Sometimes you gotta you gotta go on in spite of what the surroundings are telling you. In spite of how the conditions are set. You got to go on and just make headway like you did in Galilee, like you did in Jerusalem, like you did on the mountain, like you did in the valley, like you did by the river. And you got to minister to him of your substance. Through the Holy Ghost. Here. Then there's a group of women. We could turn, and I won't hold you much longer. The Spirit might hold you longer, but I won't hold you much longer. Acts 1 and verse 14, the Bible states these words. These, this is speaking about the upper room, and these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brethren. What women are we talking about? We're talking about some of the very same women that had been possessed, oppressed with infirmity, that along a trajectory path had ministered to the Lord at the cross, at the tomb, and at resurrection. The Bible speaks of one of those women that followed him was the mother of Zebedee's children. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, the sons of thunder, she was one of those that ministered to the Lord of her substance. It is then not no surprise to me that she would ask of the Lord one time, Lord, whenever you get in your kingdom, can my two boys, one set on your right side and one on your left side in the kingdom? Why would such a mama ask such a thing? Because she had a lifestyle and a determination of ministering to the Lord and being wherever he was, and she wanted that to be generational. She wanted her boys to be a part of it. Let one be on your right, one on your hand. Why? Because I just like being around you to minister to you and I'm going to pass it on to my boys and they need to be wherever you're at just like I've been so they can minister to you. The Bible says here in the upper room, 
in certain women. So I understand then, after the death and the burial and the resurrection and even the ascension of the Lord at Jerusalem, there are women that are found in the upper room. I don't know how it all came about, but perhaps they heard, listen to me, perhaps they heard that Jesus was going to be visiting Jerusalem. He was going to be visiting the place that he had visited, if you will, before. And so they say, hey, let's go to Jerusalem. Let's go to the upper room. And Sister Craig, this is just me, but I believe their purpose for being there wasn't, Bishop, necessarily for the endowment of power from on high. I believe they just wanted to do as they had always done. Anytime they had an opportunity or chance to be where he was, they was gonna be there because they wanted to minister unto him. Yet at the end of the recording of this day's events, that <laughs> Jesus that they had oft time visited now would live inside of them by virtue of them receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And what they had followed all along through city and town, through Galilee, amen, all the way to Jerusalem, to the cross, to the tomb, to the resurrection, now lived inside of them. And they can minister day and night all day. Here, Lord. Just go on and keep ministering to me, girls. If you'll stand with me tonight. Let me tell you without apology tonight, folks. If you get a mindset in your life that you want to minister to the Lord, somewhere along the way on that journey, there'll be a stone road in the way. If you adopt that type of determination there will be somewhere along the way a stone and on the surface it may be look like a tool of prohibiting you allowing you no advance but you need to look into the eyes of that stone in spite of that you need to go on and purchase some spices and grab some oil and do what your heart is set to do and minister to him in those times when the environment is not conducive for doing it you need to go on and make your way to the house of God. During those times in which those things are stacked against you as hindrances not to do it, you need to go on and grab your kids and your family and you need to come to church and you need to pray and you need to press your hands through the stone that may be in that place and praise and worship. You need to jump when you don't feel like jumping. Go to the prayer room and pray when you don't feel like praying because there's just something in the way because if you'll be diligent in that, the stone will roll away. The stone will roll. It will roll away. It doesn't matter who you are, what your station is in this life. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter your social standing. Because whenever we do this ministry deal, this ministering to the Lord, we shouldn't be driven by what new we're going to get, but we should be driven by what we have already got the experience that we have already had. Hallelujah. If we can just bow our heads in this place as they prepare a song, these altars are open. Thank you for listening. 
If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.